When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Bulletin. Right, this morning on the Bulletin, we have uh, the one, the only, uh, Andrew Gordy, and it's uh, fantastic to be able to chat to Gords again after quite some time. And Gords, uh, welcome back. Uh, I just, uh, we're looking, and we talked to Scott Wienick, the new CEO of uh, New Zealand Cricket. He's absolutely thrilled that uh, cricket is back on free-to-air television. We see that uh, Three Now is covering this particular series against Bangladesh. Are we sensing or witnessing perhaps a drift back towards that? Morning, Smithy. Uh, great to chat to you again. Great to have you back, um, back in uh, Aotearoa, of course. Um, yeah, good question, mate. Um, look, I don't, I don't necessarily know if, if we're witnessing uh, a drift back towards that, but I suppose what we can say from New Zealand Cricket's point of view is from the moment they stepped away from their deal with Sky and entered an agreement with Spark Sport, obviously, there was obviously a desire behind that to expose more Kiwis to the game, right? So I think from that perspective, you can perhaps understand why this current deal has, has, has happened. Um, and obviously, it's a deal that, that happened fairly late in the piece. Um, you know, New Zealand Cricket obviously would have liked to have secured a broadcaster, I'm sure, much earlier. And, and you know, TV3 obviously swept in to, to be able to pick up this test match or these, these two test matches, which is great. Because, uh, look, whatever happens, you want New Zealanders to be able to watch your sport, don't you? So, so that's great that that's, that's happened. Um, I suppose really the big question here is what, what sort of Sky's intentions are because I don't know about you, Smitty, um, and I know obviously you and I both have our, our alliances to particular broadcasters in this country. I thought, it was, I thought it was sad when Spark Sport fell over. I thought the entry into the sports broadcasting market in New Zealand was good um, for not only the, the media landscape, for, for people who work within it, but I actually think it's really good for the consumer as well because... What it forced Sky to do, I think, is be better, um, because they hadn't, they, ha- they didn't really have to force themselves to change at all, because there was no competition, there was no one sort of pushing them into into new areas or anything like that. So I think the one really good thing that that emerged, I suppose, from Spark Sport um, being on the sporting landscape here in, in New Zealand is that Sky were forced to adapt, they were forced to improve, their, their, and their their product has become better to watch, in my opinion. Um, now I think it would be great, obviously. If we had if we had Skype, we had TVNZ, and you know Warner Brothers Discovery, all sort of seeking um, to, to broadcast sport in this country because I think ultimately um, we would get a better broadcast product, and uh, and ultimately that would be better for the consumer as well. Well, those people that uh, tuned into uh, Three Now yesterday to watch the Black Caps first day against Bangladesh were hoping, perhaps, that they'd see our new superstar in Rachin Ravindra play. 
but he didn't make the side, which I found quite surprising. John Wright, we were just speaking to him, couldn't quite believe it. Yeah, look, a bit of a surprise to me as well, and even even Mike McRoberts when I got into the studio last night was, where's, where's Russian Ravindra? Um, and understandable, right? I mean, this guy has been performing uh, exceptionally well. I mean, he's obviously burst onto the scene. You obviously saw his performances over there in India, Smithy, um, during the one-day World Cup. Um, yeah, exactly what he has to do to force his way into a New Zealand test team, especially one that's obviously playing in, su- in subcontinent conditions. They've, they've carried, what, three, you know, three spinners into this test match, uh, Ajaz, Ish and, and Glenn Phillips. I suppose at the end of the day, you can't really argue with the performance that Glenn Phillips has put out there on, on day one of this test match. So, um, yeah, look, you'd like to think that sometime in the future... Russian Ravindra might be able to force his way into this test side because I just think he's too talented a player to leave out. Oh, man, he was brilliant and absolutely brilliant in the World Cup and um, a number of people were saying, where is this guy? How come he's just emerged like this? I mean, he's dabbled in the past in test cricket, hasn't quite nailed it. But now the time is right, surely. And, And John Wright was making the point that when you look at the demographic of our test side, uh, and it's getting up there towards the north end of the of the globe. Uh, I, I'm thinking to myself, youth very shortly, and he is the epitome of talented youth. Exactly, and I think there's something to be said, isn't there, Smithy, for just sometimes, you know, I think sometimes selectors can overthink these things, um, and, they're, and they're worried, obviously, about about skill sets, complementary skill sets within within a team, you know, obviously, you know, different spinners, left-hand, right-hand combinations, et cetera, et cetera. But sometimes, isn't there just an argument to go with the hot hand? This guy is in form. He's full of confidence. And I think there's something to be said for that sometimes, especially in a, comp- a high-confidence game like cricket. I mean, you, you would know much better than me, Smithy, um, what, what confidence can do to a player when it's, when it's high and when it's low. And I think for a guy like Russian Ravindra, who is coming off an incredible World Cup tournament, uh, perhaps there was something to be said for just chucking him into this test match and allowing that confidence um, to, to continue to build, not only for himself, but to emanate throughout the team. Yeah, what worries me now is he's not going to play cricket for a while because I don't, I don't see him playing in the second test if they win the first one, uh, barring injury. I don't see him getting a go, which means if he doesn't get a go there, um, he's unlikely to play here. Um, and we might not see him as, as a test player for quite some time, which I, I find absolutely almost unthinkable, to be perfectly honest. But having said that, you mentioned the word skills and talents and things, and uh, probably the greatest of all time is uh, back in the frame, it seems, this week, and that's uh, Tiger Woods. Smithy, I just love that Tiger Woods is back. I love that he's talking, uh, that he's obviously talking about his own game. You know, he's, he's said today that he, he, he's only going to play if he can win. And, and, you know, he's asked, does that mean you can say absolutely? I, I loved his answer. The man is just is, is so confident and he just has such an aura about him. The game of golf internationally is not the same without Tiger Woods. So when he's back, it just makes everyone sit up and take notice. Now, if if you're asking me sincerely, do I think that Tiger Woods can get back to the heights that he has previously, that he obviously demonstrated, um, you know, in in recent years at at major tournaments? I'm less sure of that now probably than I was a couple of years ago. I think just a couple of extra miles on the clock, he's, he's had to overcome more injuries. But I just love his presence. I love the narrative that Tiger Woods brings. And so for that in itself, I'm going to be interested in, in what takes place um, when he 
uh, gets back on course this weekend. But I also just love the statesman-like figure he's becoming. You know, he's obviously got an important role to play in the game of golf now from, a, I suppose, an administrative and a governance point of view. And because he's just the big dog in every room he walks into, I just, I'm excited to see what sort of impact he can have on the direction of the game of golf, which, as we all know, and we've been discussing on this very program um, several times over the last sort of year, 18 months, two years, um, it's been an absolute mess. It's a splintered game at the moment, so it's going to be really fascinating, I think, to see um, just what sort of power Tiger Woods still wields over the game of golf, not only on the course but off it as well, because yeah, I think there's, um, there's some big things potentially to, to happen to the game of golf over the next sort of 12, 18 months, and I just can't mm. help but think that he's gonna, his fingerprints are going to be all over whatever the outcome is. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I, I think he's played a very uh, sort of secondary role for a reason. Uh, he's let the other players, the big players, the McElroys, etc., play their part in it. And I think uh, the PGA will use him to their advantage very, very shortly. Hey, uh, the, the other thing that lit up our boards this morning, it was just, uh, and you'll have an opinion on this, of course, is, is the, the availability all of a sudden, or the possibility of availability of overseas players back into the All Blacks. Now, Scott Robertson said that right from the outset. Is that something that we can perhaps consider going forward when he was initially named coach? And now we hear the current captain, uh, still is, uh, Sam Kane, saying the same thing. Yeah, I think what's interesting here, Smithy, is uh, look, none of none of what Sam Kane has said this morning really comes as a great deal, a great sort of surprise to me. I mean, it's completely understandable. You think about it from the athlete's point of view. Of course, they're going to want that. They're going to want to have the choice to be able to go wherever they they want to in the world that is going to allow them to earn the most money in their in their professional careers. At the end of the day. Uh, professional rugby players, their job is to earn money, right, for, for themselves, for their family, to set up their future. I completely understand that, and, I, and I'm completely on board with that. Um, and also, obviously, be able to, to play for the All Blacks. Um, I think you have to balance that with, obviously, the challenges that the game is facing in New Zealand. I don't think New Zealand rugby can afford to allow its best players to go overseas and still be eligible to play for the All Blacks because, I mean, I'm not saying anything new here, Smithy. All the best players will go overseas and do that and it will leave Super Rugby just floundering and, and, a, and a mess. Um, the competition is already a mess. And I think from every everything I've heard from, whether it's uh, administrators within this country to, to players' representatives... I think that the first sort of loosening, I suppose, of these eligibility rules is more likely to come with players being allowed to represent other Super Rugby franchises. So in Australia or, or further afield, obviously, whether it's um, you know whether it's the Draws or something like that, um, or Moana Pacifica, obviously, and still be eligible to play for the All Blacks. I think New Zealand Rugby and, and Rugby Australia, which is obviously you know, in its own sort of whole different kind of mess at the moment, um, they've got to do what they can to uh, not just protect but rebuild Super Rugby and allowing what Sam Kane is talking about is not going to achieve that. So I, I think New Zealand Rugby... Um, we'll probably understand where Sam Kane and other players are coming from, and even even Scott Robertson as well. But I, I think um, that would be pretty self-serving. I, I think from a, from a player's perspective, and it and it does overlook, I think, the challenges that New Zealand rugby is facing to to keep Super Rugby relevant um, and ensure it sort of maintains its place um, in the professional sporting landscape. 
Well, you'll be pleased to know you agree with uh, 100% of people that responded to us as well. Not one person has said that's a great idea. Gord's, uh, as always, great to catch up. Uh, wonderful to speak to you again. And uh, have a terrific remainder of the week. Cheers, man. Cheers, buddy. You too. Yeah, cheers. Uh, Andrew Gordy there with us uh, on the bulletin this morning. We'll have another one uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we might just uh, have a look and see if there's uh, any odds that we might be able to uh, feature uh, before the 11 o'clock news. And uh, after that, we'll be looking to, to talk to uh, Alana Bremner. Uh, Alana Bremner has just been named captain of Matatu. They're playing through champions in Super Rugby or Picky. And boy, have they been given an extended program in terms of their build-up, etc. More money, etc. It's just flying the, gate, the way of uh, the women's game at the moment. So we'll talk to uh, Alana about uh, the prospects for her squad coming up very shortly.